welcome to episode 8 of Continuous Quality Compliance. Today I'm going to give an overview of the CQC, the Care Quality Commission, before I go into detail in the next podcasts. I think it's important to have a view of the requirements of CQC. When looking at the CQC, it is important to note that the regulations will be around for a long time because they are part of the Health and Social Care Act. The key lines of inquiry, which are often referred to as the clubbers, is what they use to inspect each regulated provider. However, these can be added to or change over time. So whilst it is important to know what they are and what you need to know, however, remember that the regulations is the overarching basis for these. The best way to get to know what the CQC look for is to look at the CQC website. It's not the easiest website to navigate. However, if you know where to look, you will find the information. You need to look at guidance for providers. Once you're in that section, Look at the guidance appropriate for what your organisation will be doing. I recommend that the first document you actually look at is the CQC scoping document, as that will help you to understand if you indeed do come within scope and which activity it is that you need to include. The categories are adult social care, dentist, GP, urgent care services, independent doctors and clinics, independent healthcare services, specialist services like prison service, children's services, sexual assault centres. So you really do need to know which category you belong to and then you can look at the information according to which category you are. The key lines of inquiry, prompts and sources of evidence are the thing that helps the inspectors know whether your service is meeting the standards. And the five key questions they ask about are, is the service safe? Is the service effective? Is the service caring? Is the service responsive? And is the service well-led? So obviously the well-led criteria is around leadership. I have a mnemonic I use to remember what the clovis are. And this is SCREW. So safe, caring, responsive, effective, well-led. Just makes it easier to make when you're writing documents or doing audits that you know you've covered everything. I also recommend that all staff in your organisation know what these are. When you are looking to gather evidence, your staff need to understand and know why they are being asked to do something or complete a form. If they don't know why they're doing it, A, they won't do it very well, but B, sometimes they won't do it at all because they don't understand the consequences of not filling it properly. 
When I've gone on site to carry out quality assurance audits, I speak with staff and some don't have a clue what the role of the CQC is, let alone the CLO is. And this would really look poor in front of an inspector. As much as the registered manager needs to know the detail of what the CQC are looking for, all the staff in your organisation do need to understand that now you do have to abide by the CQC standards because you're doing a regulated activity. And they also need to understand the key lines of inquiry. And actually, by doing that, you're actually empowering them to really do a good job because they'll understand why they are asked to fill in more forms or do more in-depth record keeping, do more precise record keeping, for instance. In terms of registration, I get so many inquiries about providing help with applications. However, many times the groundwork to understand what CQC require has not been done. I can certainly help with registration, but there is prerequisite work that is required. You need to think about what you want to include in the statement of purpose document. This document tells the CQC what your aims and objectives are for the regulated activity. You need to plan how you're going to meet the Chloe's. You need to know what is your quality assurance system going to be, what the governance framework is going to be. They also want to know if you're financially viable. These are all considerations that you need to be looking at. And something I cover in my book, Outstanding, which is available on Amazon. The other thing you need to be aware of is there are certain notifications that you have to make to CQC once you're registered. You need to know when you're being interviewed for your initial interview to be validated, what these are and how you will notify CQC. A lot of them are similar across the board, but then you will get some that are relevant to a particular organization and type of regulated activity. I don't expect you to know everything in detail, but I would expect you to know at least where to look for the information if you don't have it at hand. And that's what the inspectors are looking for. I always get asked about inspection and monitoring. So the process is, as a new provider, once you get validated, you'll get sent a certificate and then you have 12 months to embed your systems in place. So the statement of purpose that you wrote, that's actually a living document and you should be looking at it every three months. And you should also be making sure that the quality assurance system that you told them actually works. You need to be doing audits. Some you'll 
be doing more regularly, perhaps every month. Some we can do quarterly, some maybe even six months, some manually. But you need to know for your organization how often audits are done and which audits are done. They will be looking for an audit schedule. They'll be looking for a training matrix. They'll be looking for you having the right level of evidence. This is the part providers tend to struggle with. It's the evidence part. They either make it so complex that nobody completes anything or they don't have enough or it's not fit for purpose. Induction of your staff is really important as well as recruitment. What you want to do is have staff who have the same values as your organization in order for your business to thrive. We call this values-based recruitment and it is really important. It doesn't matter which kind of business you have. The registered manager's role is a complex one and seems to be getting more and more complex as the years go by. So it does have to be done by a person with authority and a person who really understands what the CQC want and they have the right knowledge and skills. CQC will actually check whether the registered manager has the right knowledge and skills and qualifications to do the registered manager's role. And that's why they call it a fit person interview. The other thing I've noticed in the last few years, I have seen the application process become more robust. Indeed, I've had to turn down some applicants because they were not right for the role and were not prepared to do the work required for the regulated activity they were going to do to be validated by the CQC. I won't take on clients if they don't meet the CQC standards because I know their CQC application will get rejected. So it's better for me to say to them what the gap is, what they need to do. Then they'll either say, right, I'll go and do what I need to do to fill in the gaps and come back to you. Or they'll decide not to carry on. And that's fine, too. The other thing new providers don't seem to take into account is that there is a fee to pay annually to the CQC. You don't pay a fee for the application itself, but once you are validated, there is an annual fee payable to the CQC. Now, I can't give you a figure for the fee because it depends on various factors like location, type of service, type of provider you are. There is actually a fee calculator which is available on the CQC website. Once you put in the relevant data and click submit, it gives you a figure and that will give you an idea of what the cost would be to you. Obviously, it's important to budget for this. Organisations also need to factor in time for training staff. 
because if you've been running your organization and then now do a regulated activity, there is extra training you will most probably need to do, even if it is just on the fundamental standards and the key lines of inquiry. So you do need to think about that. CQC also expect the registered manager to have um, a reasonable level of infection control training, for instance, at least a level three. So it's all these kind of things you have to take into account before you even think about the application. The depth of training that people need will depend on their role, obviously. So that gives you a quick overview of the CQC. And then in preceding um, podcasts, I'll be going into more detail into the regulations and the key lights of inquiry. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the podcast. Do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes.